Hello and welcome to Punks on the Pitch podcast, a show where the beautiful game meets disgusting music. Uh, this is episode one um, and I hope you're going to enjoy this journey where we kind of mix together our passions of music and football. Um, this isn't how I expected to start episode one, but there's something that's been going on in the world that I think needs addressing. Um, if you're familiar with the UK uh, music scene at the moment, you will have seen very, very disturbing allegations against a high-profile record label uh, owner coming out at the moment. Um, just wanted to kind of take this opportunity to say that we here at Punks on the Pitch and our various guests and affiliations very much stand with survivors. Um, fuck the piece of shit who has been outed. Like, yeah, just a load of crap in that world so just kind of wanted to say that piece off the top hope the survivors are getting the support that they need and just everyone continues to be a decent human being in the world that's what we hope for anyway we're here to talk about football we're here to talk about music you're not going to be just hear me rambling i am joined by a wonderful wonderful friend of mine he is the host of the audience please podcast and a massive, massive Tottenham Hotspurs fan, Adam Vallely. Adam, thank you very much for, for joining me on episode one. That's all right, buddy. It's an absolute pleasure. And I'm happy to be the first guest on this podcast. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, when you told me the sort of uh, uh, the sort of what this podcast will be about, I was, uh, yeah, very excited to be on here. So, yeah, thanks, man. And you've, you've got in the spirit as well, wearing your spare shirt as well. So yeah. I appreciate you going <laughs> the extra mile. I had I had a shower about half an hour before this to sort of freshen and wake it up a bit. And I was like, oh, yeah, shit, I should definitely put my spare shirt on. Uh, I know people probably <laughs> yeah. won't be able to see this, but yeah, I thought it would be uh, good to wear it. And I see you all wear What are you wearing? I'm My Bob Villain t-shirt. It came today. The, oh, the nice. One he, the, the full shirt he did. So I thought I'd, I'd join you in solidarity in that aspect <laughs> as well. Nice one, man. Well, obviously, we are a day... Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be a day away from the new Premier League season. Um, something that I always get really excited about on the close season, but obviously we had a weird close season this year because of good old Rona, um, <laughs> is transfers. And I thought, like, what a way to kind of start is to talk about, like, uh, transfers that be going on, players we're kind of excited to see but I think like it's weird like the transfer market's kind of picked up rapidly in the last couple of days and specifically obviously you being a Spurs fan kind of wanted to get your perspective on things yeah um but before we kind of do that how I'm going to start each week is because we're going to talk about music as well what music have you been listening to this week Adam um well, it's it's kind of funny. I've not actually been listening to loads of music this week. I've been listening to a load of podcasts. So um, I've been listening to the Dairy and Cheese podcast. Beef and Cheese podcast, sorry. Um, which, I didn't even know that was a thing. So <laughs> Let me just check the name of it. So basically at the weekend, I was actually out with, um, yeah, Beef and Dairy Network. That's, well, that's what it's called. Um, so I was out with... 
the guys from John, who are a great band, um, and a few other people at the weekend, and John Newton recommended this podcast. It's a, it's just a silly podcast. It's a, a fake beef and dairy network, uh, and they talk about <laughs> okay. uh, various beef and dairy news, and it's it's all tongue in cheek and it's all stupid. Yeah, um, and they're quite short podcast episodes. They're only about like sort of fifteen minutes long. So I've been smashing through those this week, um, and yeah, sort of music wise. I've just been sort of regurgitating stuff I really love. So uh, I was actually just listening to the St. Pierre Snake Invasion again, which is always on my sort of album cycle. And it's actually yeah. one of the songs is the theme music to my podcast. Uh, I was listening to Ithaca yesterday. Um, so yeah, nothing too new this week. I've been trying to do new music on Fridays. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'll see what comes out this week. I think there's a few albums coming out this week. Cool. And... I don't want to go the stereotypical like, oh, so what? Why your love of Tottenham Hotspur? Blah blah blah. <laughs> but like, for just because obviously the the connection with with sort of punk and stuff like, what? Where's your kind of relationship with punk and football? Like, where do you feel that the two kind of intertwine? Um. Yeah. So, yeah, I was I was thinking about sort of your experience when you're at a football match, and I know when. I've been at watching Spurs or even back in the day watching, obviously I'm from the South Coast, so watching teams like Southampton or Pompey, um, is when you're in that crowd, it's almost the same as being at a gig. You sort of get sucked in. Um, there's very much that sort of group mentality um, mm. and everybody's got their focus on a few people in that building or in that stadium. So on sort of like... I don't know, an emotional level, that's that's where I see the crossover. But yeah, from a music perspective as well, I think everyone who's played FIFA in the past identifies with FIFA soundtracks and how those get yeah, lo- yeah. lodged in your mind. Um, um, and yeah, uh, I suppose Soccer AM as well, growing up with Soccer AM and them having musicians on, like Idols were on there recently, um, which was a laugh to watch, watching Dev kick a football or try to kick a football um, <laughs> yeah. so I suppose that's it that's it really those are my main links between football and music and obviously I know a lot of people in our scene uh, are really into football as well I know Matt from Goodness mm. Gold Group is setting up a new five-a-side thing in South London which yeah from, I saw that yeah from next week which will be a laugh and hopefully I'll get some exercise so yeah there's a lot of people in our, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of people in our scene that are really into football which is good yeah and like the thing that I kind of found, because I'm a like a Pompey fan, like I don't know whether you kind of found this as well, but being someone that is kind of like overtly sort of quote unquote alternative, like when I first started going to football and sort of when I'd started growing out my hair and like wearing skinny jeans and stuff, there was kind of like, there was a little bit like, oh, what the fuck are you sort of thing. Yeah. But like... I think in some aspects that kind of adds to that punk element of like, because football has this grandioso kind of feel to it. it. Not saying like football's the establishment in any shape or form, but like it's meant to be the working man's game, but it's kind of been taken over by millionaires and billionaires and whatever now. So I think like to be someone that stands out from a crowd and isn't your stereotypical football lad, like that adds an extra element to it to me. I don't know if you kind yeah. of feel that same. Yeah, aspect. yeah, no, definitely. I, I definitely think it's changed in our lifetimes. Um, I did 
when I was sort of thinking about how I was going to talk about this, sort of the laddish behaviour, which is obviously reprehensible, um, is still there, um, but it's very more accessible to people and groups that maybe wouldn't have had access to football before. Obviously, a lot of clubs uh, now have LGBT, LGBTQT plus um, fan groups, for, for example, mm. um, which is really great to see. And it, yeah, it's those kinds of groups would have never had the access to football that they did 20 years ago or obviously before then. So, um, And like you're saying, with alternative people, if, when I even when I went to football matches when I was younger, coming back on the train uh, with Southampton supporters, when there's Pompey supporters on the train, you always felt a little bit of fear. I think there's less fear. Yeah, yeah. I think there's less fear now. Um, I think like there's less more. There's less of that um, sort of public bravado in front of the general public. There's obviously still laddish behaviour, but it's just yeah. I just think it's more accessible to people now than it was twenty years ago. Mm. And just before we we dive into to transfers, just in terms of your your beloved Spurs. Is there a player that you think either past or present kind of embodies like the punk ethos for Tottenham Hotspurs at the moment? Um, so I was thinking of someone present. So I wrote down Serge Aurier um, just because, and I don't know if you've seen, there's a documentary about um, French football called uh, Balance. Uh, I did write it down. Balance Bitume, uh, which is a documentary. I can't remember if it's on Netflix or Amazon. Um, but it was kind of interesting watching that. And they covered sort of French street football and people like him and Riyad Mahrez uh, growing up around street football. And then watching the All or Nothing, the new documentary on Spurs uh, on Amazon, there was a piece where Aurier was talking about him being part of the community, but he also is one of those guys that doesn't take any shit on the football pitch. So <laughs> yeah. he's very rough. Um, so I think present players, definitely Serge Aurier is uh, the most punk player in the Spurs squad. I, I certainly wouldn't want to square up to him, that's for sure. No, no. Like, I've I've tried to watch some of the All or Nothing documentary before this because obviously knowing you're a Spurs fan, I just didn't, I didn't have the time in the end. So... I'm I'm interested to kind of dive into it and sort of find out more about like the ins and outs of the club because obviously like watching um, Sunderland till I die it'd be interesting to kind of see the perspective with a Premier League club as well. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's yeah it's been six episodes so far and it's yeah it's been interesting as a Spurs fan. I think there was I won't ruin it for anyone that's listening. I think there's certain topics that they could have dived into more so far. Um, yeah, like the manager change, for example, they didn't dive into too much, but um, it is really interesting. I watched the City one, which came out obviously last year, but yeah, it is really interesting watching sort of behind the scenes, especially when it's your club. Um, yeah, and yeah, seeing the personalities and how they work. So yeah, I definitely re- recommend it to any any football fan. Really, it's really intriguing. To yeah. Watch. Well, as I said, I want to get into transfers because I think that's one of the the high points of like before the new season is this influx of, of new talent that come to, to the Premier League. Um, and it, it kind of gives the excitement ahead of the league of, of like what these impacts are going to be. Obviously, Spurs have, from what I could find, they've only signed four players, I think. And one of the th- areas that I thought was quite interesting, they haven't signed someone in is a striker. So mm. 
what's your kind of take at the moment on the four play? Like the one that really stands out to me as a as a surprise was Joe Hart on a on a free. Like I didn't really kind of get the understanding of that, but like what's your kind of feeling? How are you feeling with with what Mourinho's done at the moment? Yeah, it's it's always a especially the last few years, ever since we sold it's actually all roots back to since we sold Bale. Um because we've we've had the money since then and obviously a lot of money's been pumped into the club um, and now with the new stadium um, we've got more money available to us so it's kind of interesting because we've got a very full midfield um, we've got loads of amazing midfield players obviously we let go Ericsson but we've signed Ndombele um, and we signed um, oh god I've forgotten his name now um Oh god, the other the other midfielder that's been playing a few games. Anyway, we've got a very full mid- <laughs> yeah, we've got a very full midfield, and then we and we signed um, Holbjerg. I can't, I can never pronounce his name. Yeah, yeah, Holbjerg, Holbjerg, and like we're signing Holbjerg, and I'm like, he's a good signing. He's a solid signing. Um, it adds depth to the midfield, but it's going to be interesting how he slots in. Um, and we've got mm. obviously we've still got Son, we've still got Lamella, who's debatably on and off so it's about slotting all those players in um so midfield i don't think we need to sign anybody else and hopefully we don't um yeah but strikers and defense is uh so we signed doherty from wolves which is a good signing i think that's probably the best signing we've got so far from wolves we've been really struggling at left and right back um obviously we mentioned aurier and he's there's rumours that he might, he might go, so bringing Doherty in um, will be a good signing, hopefully. Um, mm. Left-back, we need someone. Davis has been inconsistent as well. He hasn't really really got any backup. We've got Sessegnon, but he's more of a attacking midfielder now. Um, but yeah, like you said, with Joe Hart, I think, I think the main reason they signed Joe Hart... There's two reasons. One, we needed more British players in the squad, so obviously there's that minimum amount of British players yeah, yeah. need so and maybe just for experience but yeah the, we, we've now got a really good goalkeeping trio because obviously Larice is our club captain Gazaniga filled in for him uh, for about a third of the season last season and was fantastic um, so yeah I, I think they've just brought him in um, for experience and to bring that British tally up um, but yeah, yeah. I, other than that I totally agree we need a striker um We've struggled the last few years. We've had Lorente, Soldado, Janssen. Um, we did sign Jack Clark from Leeds, but he's super, super young um, and he's hardly played any games either at Leeds. Uh, and he, I don't think he's played for us at all yet, maybe in the under-23s. But unless he comes through into the first-team squad, we really need just a, another backup striker. So maybe someone like Giroud. I wrote down Giroud, and I know it's controversial <laughs> to Spurs fans, but he, he was linked to us, and Chelsea have signed um, some good signings. Like They signed uh, Werner, Havertz, uh, even Silva. So do they really need Giroud? Maybe we could pinch him. He was linked to us before, and I think he'd just make a good backup striker. And I know that's controversial mm. for some Spurs fans because he's been at Chelsea and Arsenal, but I just think yeah, yeah, he'll just be a good backup. That's I think that's quite an interesting take. Like, I was going to sort of at one point kind of do this kind of episode in general, like the traitors kind of thing, and in, in sort of players going from rival to rival. But I 
Like, for me personally, like, off the top of my head, the only one that really comes to mind for Pompey is Peter Crouch. But Peter Crouch kind of started at Pompey, then went to Southampton, then kind of came back. So it wasn't kind of like a a massive sort of thing like that. But what, where's your kind of stance on, on things like that? Do you really give a shit or? I think, I think it's changed the last few years. Obviously we, we signed Gallas a few years ago and yeah, when, yeah. I think that was probably the last one that anyone really gave a shit about. Um, like people, Arsenal fans were really angry. We signed him. Um, and then obviously you had people like, um, Adebayor used to wind people up and um, all that kind of thing but you, it's interesting especially with like London clubs like Arsenal and Chelsea just to mention Chelsea again obviously they've traded so many players the last few years and you would argue that they're very bitter rivals as well I just think the games change and people have changed and players want to stay in London so jumping between Arsenal, Chelsea and not so much Spurs at the moment, but definitely Arsenal and Chelsea. You can see why they do it. I don't, unless they were a massive uh, idiot in the past, um, I don't really care. I mean, Doherty actually. Doherty is an Arsenal fan, um, funnily enough, because he had uh, to. Yeah. He, he, there was that whole thing when we signed him, he had to delete his old. The, the promo tweet. video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I thought, like. I thought it was kind of funny, but at the same time, like poking the bear a little bit, which I thought. Oh yeah, yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, but I mean, I I guess it kind of gives a a bit of personality to the player, which I think is something we're seeing a lot more of. Like having players have their own like Instagrams and Twitters and stuff like that. That we're getting to know the players a bit more than we did back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, um, in terms of like. Just before, because you mentioned Chelsea, I want to obviously get onto their spending habits this this summer. But you also mentioned Gareth Bale, and obviously there's a <laughs> a big question mark sort of hanging over his head at the moment. Obviously, kind of rose to sort of fame at Spurs. Do do you see him maybe coming back? Would you like to see him coming back? Like, what what's your kind of view on on his sort of future at the moment? Yeah, I, I on a personal level, I would. And I think Spurs fans are are split, but I'm on the side of I would love to see him back. Um, Mourinho's been a fan of him before. Um, He tried to get him when he was at Man U. Um, So I think Mourinho would want him. I think, again, he's potentially not a backup striker, but he's one of those really attacking players. Um, He would be a great addition. The trouble is... It's his salary. It's like five hundred and sixty-five thousand a week yeah. or something like <laughs> that. Stupid money, um, which obviously wouldn't happen at Spurs. He'd have to take a pay cut because we're known as quite a strict um, club when it comes to salaries. I think it was only until about four years ago that our top person was only on like a hundred k or something like that a week. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to see him back. Whether it will happen, we will see. We've still got a month of the transfer window left, so I'm I'm hoping so. It's a shame. I think he's got a real rough deal at Real Madrid, especially with the fans. Um, so I think he'd like to come back. I think people would like to see him back, but we will see. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, want to talk about Chelsea. Obviously, their sort of transfer ban was, was lifted, so now they've clearly gone co- kind of compensating for lost <laughs> yeah. time sort of thing. Um, 
bringing in sort of uh, Thiago Silva, Kai Havertz, uh, Timo Werner. Like, I'm kind of excited about Chelsea, to be honest, seeing like that bringing in. But, like, what's, what's kind of your view on, on the transfers they've made so far? Like, Havertz is one that I was a bit surprised by in some aspects. Like, I didn't expect it to happen, but it kind of gives them a quite a solid sort of attacking lineup now and like when they've already kind of built up the likes of Mason Mount and um oh my god what's his name I've completely forgotten his name Tammy Abraham <laughs> there we go look completely yeah. forgot his name then <laughs> um like it's going to be interesting to see how Lampard mixes like the youthful players that he built up last season with these already established players that are on the rise to become megastars. So where do you... Do you think that Chelsea have kind of made the right move, like splashing out this summer? Uh, it'll be interesting. Um, I think Werner and Havertz, I think, are good signings. I think Silver's, I think Silver's the interesting one. Um, I think Silver probably wants to play in the Premier League um, before he retires. Um, so yeah, I've, I've seen like a an interesting thing saying that like, Part of the reason is because he obviously wants to do one more World Cup, yeah. And like establishing himself at a club like Chelsea would obviously do massive for for that. So that's kind of part of the reason behind him doing doing the move as well. Yeah, I yeah I think they've done out of all of the clubs so far. I think they've done the best deals. I was looking through the deals earlier today and yesterday. And I don't think there's many other clubs in the Premier League that have done better deals than them. Well, certainly in the sort of top six clubs. Um, so yeah, I I think Chelsea will be a threat this year um, as ever. But yeah, I think they've definitely strengthened those. I think Werner's going to be killer for them. Unfortunately, I think, yeah, uh, he's, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not a shit player. He he very rarely has an off day. I think Havertz will be an interesting one. I think he'll take time to settle in. Um, and then, yeah, Silver's there. I think he's he's got good experience. He's obviously got international experience. He'll be fine. Chigwell's a, a kind of interesting one as well, but I think he'll just slot yeah. in. He'll slot in. Chelsea have a tendency to buy those players from other English clubs that you wouldn't expect, and then they seem to slot in quite well. So I think... Yeah, Chelsea... it kind of feels like when they signed Gary Cahill, it yeah. kind of feels like that's that the, sort of signing. That's the, that's the example exactly what I was going to use. Um, so I think he'll slot in just fine, but he they're obviously thinking about European competitions as well and rotation. Yeah, and just kind of sticking with Chelsea, but moving to, to the women's game, like, as I've mentioned in the kind of pilot episode, I'm trying to get myself a bit more educated on the women's game, watching more games as, as possible. Um, and I think it's an interesting season this year for the WSL because it feels like there are a lot more eyes on it. And like, obviously Chelsea have bought in, I'm going to butcher her first name, but Pernil Harder from Wolfsburg. Um, we've seen Lucy Bronze return to the WSL coming to back to Man City. So, like, I think it's interesting to have these kind of high-profile players in the women's game coming to the English game. So do you feel like players like Harder, like Bronze, will kind of just add and boost the reputation of the women's game at the moment? Yeah, I'd I'd hope so. Um, Obviously, in the UK, we always, uh, well, certainly in England, we kind of 
have to lead the way with football and um, I think we've been doing a great job or the FA has been doing a great job with WSL the last few years um, and obviously they've mentioned just this week that they're going to uh, equal the pay as well of the uh, international players which is fantastic yeah. um, and I think just yeah, bringing in those players um, will only do good for the WSL I, I myself am going to watch more of it this year um, and try and clue myself up I know Spurs aren't that great in the WSL but um, <laughs> but um, yeah I'm going to try and watch way more this year um, what was that? I was going to say something else on that and I can't remember but yeah uh, hopefully it'll be uh, a higher profile year this year oh um, yeah I can't remember who they did Soccer Aid the other day and um, someone from the WSL was part of that and I can't remember who it was I was was it Alex? Is that, oh, I can't remember. The the person does punditry for BBC. I think oh, it was. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I didn't watch Soccer Aid, but I I heard that there was someone on there. But I think I think that's who it was. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'll probably I'll have a look up later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing like I thought was quite interesting because like shamefully like the women's game has been kind of shunned, and I know bringing it back to kind of the punk element, I know there's a lot of, like, women in the punk scene that do follow, like, women's football, and I think that's really cool, and they've kind of helped, for me personally, have helped lift that game up and bring it to my attention. But it kind of feels like, on a global scale, because, like, for years and years and years, like, if you wanted to be... uh, professional footballer in the women's game you went to the states like that was where that game was at but it now kind of feels like that balance is shifting and like players from the states players from australia are coming to the uk to apply their trade so from that aspect it's really nice to see that it's becoming a more global game and like you want to see that again kind of like bringing it to the punk ethos like we harp on about diversity and like equality and giving everybody the same sort of opportunities that that cis white men have having us two being cis white men but like it's I think it's cool that we're seeing a move in that direction and hopefully this season kind of shows what the WSL can do and maybe next year we'll see that they are Maybe not necessarily on an equal playing field, but getting in that direction. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I, like I said, I, I think the FA have been doing making the right steps. Obviously, they've they had Phil Neville um, as England manager for a, for a little while as well. Which um, again, oh sorry, Phil Neville, Gary Neville um, as no, it was Phil, oh, it no, was Phil Neville, yeah. Um, yeah, which helped again boost the profile having such a legendary name I know yes he's a man but having that legendary name coaching the England squad and giving them the almost like the the tools that they need to make that English team better and raise their game even further it's only going to keep improving if if the FA keep doing more about it as well um and like you said yeah. like you said with America I think America was lucky in a way because they were so late coming on board with soccer as they would call it um that the american men's game and the women's game almost started at the same level um but 
the women's game has just excelled so much more again because in in america they very much focus on nfl nhl nba um so i think they've had great focus over there and yeah um hopefully we'll we'll catch up and um be on level with those guys soon yeah um there's kind of two more points that i want to talk about but just to throw the ball in your court is there any kind of particular transfers that have kind of stood out to you that you've kind of interested in um yeah outside what in the wsl well no just in in general um no um other than that i think we've pretty much covered it i think like i said chelsea have done really well the only one that was the interesting one was Messi not leaving Barcelona, which was that that was yeah. I was going to say that's the the Tory story of of the transfer. Yeah, window. I think it, I like for my for me personally. I think I I don't really get the whole situation. Like it just seems like a big fuck up on Messi's part of it. Like and also kind of sort of dangling the carrot for the likes of Man City that this... I, I listened to um, the Totally Football podcast and they were saying that they reckon this is a deal that will definitely happen later on down the line because Messi's now basically dangled that carrot. But I think it just goes to prove that maybe not Messi the man himself, but definitely like the people he has around him are like just scrounging for that money and it just... I think it's tainted his reputation, in my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah, I would say to a degree. It was kind of interesting seeing the the Barca fans, and I think they're very anti their president at the moment, um, and they're very much in support of their team more more than the people at the top. Um, yeah, things did change, obviously, when Messi's dad flew in, um, and. It, almost changed within a few hours so it was obviously it's obviously to do with money and obviously Messi as a global name um would bring so much money to the Premier League but also that's why Barcelona and La Liga didn't want him to go so there was obviously some big conversations to be had but Messi will leave Barcelona I think after after this whether it be in January or whenever the next transfer window is or the end of the season yeah, I, I think I think he'll be gone because they they know they would have had these conversations now and said, look, if he wants to go, he can go at this time, but not now because I think they, I think the league are just they just want to be prepared for it because it's going to be such a loss of income um, for them. Um, they've already lost Cristiano Ronaldo to Juve and losing the other biggest star in the world to another league. Um, it's going to do damage to the league, and it's all about money. Yeah. And do you think we'll see him in the Premier League? Do you think I, that's where he'll I, end up? I think so. I, th- I don't think he'd go to any other league. Um, like there was rumours with like PSG, him joining up with Neymar. I. It was like when Neymar went to PSG, it was like, it's not a cha- Unfortunately, the French league is not ch- as challenging as the Premier League. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think I think he would. I. If Guardiola stays at Man City as well, I can definitely see that happening. Uh, I couldn't see him at any other club. Um, like there's rumours of like Man United and stuff, but I couldn't see that. I couldn't see him working under Solskjaer at all. No. And the one last sort of transfer that I wanted to, to bring up was, I guess, kind of 
the other quote-unquote big name. And But the only reason I kind of bring it up, because he was actually linked with Spurs, is Donny van der Beek. So... I didn't really know a whole lot about him. I sort of watched some kind of like YouTube videos and, and things like that. And he kind of feels like a very kind of Kevin De Bruyne-esque sort of player. Um, and I've, I read that the reason that kind of he wasn't lured by Spurs was the lack of Champions League football. So do you feel like that's going to be a big miss for, for Spurs part of you? Do you have much of an opinion on him? Yeah. Um, or are you just kind of like a bit in the dark and just waiting to see what he has to offer the league. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of a bit, bit in the dark about him. Um, didn't know much about him. Uh, he seems like an exciting pro- prospect, but yeah, a uh, bit in the dark. I, I think we'll we'll just see what what happens with him. Um, but like I said, I think you hit the nail on the head because we didn't get Champions League. Probably meant that he didn't come to us. Um, but yeah, no real opinion on him at the moment until we see what he does. <laughs> <laughs> cool, right. And before we move on to our next sort of section of the show, um, as we are a day away from, from the new season, what are your predictions for your beloved Tottenham Hotspurs? Uh, well, obviously, I, I would hope for top four. But as we've seen with the last couple of seasons, uh, and especially with the disruption at the end of last season, um it's all up for grabs. You've got Wolves, uh, who are a threat, um, and Leicester as well, to that sort of top few clubs. So the whole top eight, I've put the whole top eight could be wide open. Um, yeah. I think we haven't got a chance to win the league, I don't think, right now. Um, <laughs> at least you're realistic. Yeah. Uh, I think at this moment, if I was to be realistic, I think it'd be great if we get top four, but I mean... Liverpool and Man City, uh, I think those two clubs, the last two seasons, um, have just been so far ahead of everybody else in the league. So I think, again, uh, bar any fuck-ups by those two, it'll be those two at the top. And I honestly think it will be Chelsea, us and Man U fighting over the last two places in the top four. Um, Like we said, Chelsea have signed some really good players Man United are always there, there, thereabouts. So it's going to be tough. Um, obviously, Leicester had a good run last season, so it's wide open, man. But I'm going to go for fourth. I'm going to put my money on fourth at the moment. Okay. Stop now. Fast ball, fast ball, and in the space. Okay. Again, training. I understood already. Where is that? I understood already that you are a fucking lazy guy in training. Right. So. The next part of the show that we're going to introduce is going to have this for every kind of guest that we have on our quote-unquote weekend preview shows. Uh, bringing it back round to, to music is we're going to make Fantasy Eleven, but not just your stereotypical Fantasy Eleven. We're going to bring musicians onto the pitch. So basically this is going to be a starting Eleven uh, by Adam made up of various musicians from the punk scene, from the alternative scene, uh and yeah that's kind of the the idea of it and just kind of hopefully get a bit of 
idea of why Adams picked these players and, and go from there. Um, I did ask him to, to give us a name for his team as well. So, Adam, what is your team name? Uh, so I've, I really struggled with this. So I just went with Gilfy Pleasures after Gilfy Sigurdsson. So um, <laughs> it's, the, it's what I named my fantasy league a few years ago. And I, it's, yeah, it stuck with me. So Gilfy Pleasures FC is, uh, cool. is my team name. Do you right? Do you have a, a favoured formation? Uh, yeah, so it's either a, a three five one one or a five three one one. Basically, it's two right. wing, two wingers. So uh, okay, that's that's my formation. That's generally what I play on FIFA as well. So yeah, cool. Right. Okay. Let's let's get cracking. So who have you got in goal? Uh, so yeah, just a, a precursor to this, I've based my team on a lot of uh, musicians and friends that I know. So uh, apologies in advance, guys. A couple of them know that they're in this squad already, and I've tried <laughs> to I've tried to base it around their personalities. So again, I'm okay, really, that's cool. I'm really sorry, lads, uh, if you disagree with me, and you can slate me later. But uh, yeah, <laughs> in uh, in goal, I've got John Beavis, the the drummer from Idols. Okay. So, yeah, I didn't really know what his preferred position was, uh, preferred position was, so I just thought he's good with his hands, so I thought I'd stick him in goal. <laughs> I mean, that's very logical sounding to have a, have a drummer in goal, so... Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, John Beavis uh, in goal. Um, so my three at the back... Um, two of them know that they're at the back. Um, they both used to play in defence. So I've got Chris uh, Frankham from Frauds and Dev uh, from Idols. Um, they both used to play football and both used to play centre-back. So brilliant. Um, and then I've got Mikey from Frauds as well. I thought he could partner up very well with his uh, partner in crime, Chris. Um, and I could just imagine him just being a bit mental in defence, so uh, that's my back. That's my back three. So Chris, I, li- I like that you've kind of kept some synergy there in terms of like keeping bandmates in, especially even I've, with it I've having. Thought, I've thought about a... this, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. I like it. You've got like uh, two idols, two frauds, and it's like you're you're kind of taking the whole um, FIFA Ultimate League sort of getting that chemistry together right here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I've, yeah, I've decided to. Yeah, that's why I decided trying to keep keep it around people I know as well. Because I I thought just overall, uh, if you had a whole squad that knew each other, there'd just be great chemistry. Um, and like you said, it's, yeah. that, it's that old FIFA thing. I think I'd have a hundred chemistry for this team. <laughs> um, right. Um, so left and right wing. Um, whether you want to call them wing backs or push them further up. Um, again keeping the synergy i've got jim and Loz of cassells so one on the left one on the right um nice the reason behind that is they're both quite slight and i can just imagine them making some quick runs down each side so a bit of pace i reckon between those two uh yeah and then central midfield so uh yeah hang on just making sure i've not got too many players here one two three (laughs) Okay, I'm good. Um, Central three um, midfielders, I mean, put them in a diamond or whatever, I don't really care. Um, John Newton of 
Um, John, again, uh, is quite level-headed. I think he would uh, be a linchpin of the team. Uh, Dave Larkin of Black Peaks, um, another solid player, level-headed guy. And then um, Falco of McCluskey and Future Left. Um, and I put a specific note around him. I could just imagine him being a bit like Roy Keane. Doesn't mind <laughs> being a bit aggressive and likes to give people a bit of stick. So it's a bit like his uh, on-stage personality. So yeah. I just think he'd be great in the middle, um, a bit aggressive, give people an elbow every now and again. I think he'd be fantastic. I was going to say, if you've got two two level-headed people in there, you need to have that someone causing a bit of, a bit of shit in the middle. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, up the top, um, so sort of central attacking midfield or just behind the striker, I'd have Damien from Saint-Pierre, Snake Invasion. Um, the reason behind that, and he won't mind me saying, is he likes to show off a little bit. He, he, <laughs> he likes, really? No. <laughs> he, li- he, he likes to flaunt himself a little bit. So I just thought, stick him up the top, he can uh, mess about a bit. And then up the top, um, Johnny Healy um, from John, so the other John. Um, he was going to go in defence, but um, when I was chatting to some of the guys, I suppose he sees himself as a bit of a Shane Long uh, as the other John. Right, so. okay. So, yeah, he'll go up top as striker. Um, so that's that's my 11. I like it. I like that you've kind of, as I say, kind of kept that synergy of like bandmates sticking together and... Like this is no disrespect to any of the bands, I guess. Kind of idols being the the biggest name on there, but they're not sort of flash bands either, which is which is nice. So it kind of gives it a lot more of a, a homely feel, I think. Yeah, like like I said, the most of these guys, if not all of them, know each other. So uh, I just thought it. Yeah, going back to that chemistry thing, I think they'd all link in really well and work together as a unit. Yeah, have you got like? I don't know, who do you think would be your sort of like quote-unquote sort of like standout player, do you think, putting you on the spot a little bit? Um, well, I think it might be a toss-up between Dev and Chris, just because, well, and Damien as well, saying that, because Damien used to play a bit of football till recently. I think maybe Dev or Chris, because they got to a decent level when they used to play back in the day. So I think, that, oh, okay. I think those two in defence would... Uh, oh, and, and Newton as well. Newton got to a half-decent level back in the day. Um, yeah. So a mix-up between those four. Maybe Dev or, Dev or Chris in defence, though. I think they'd be... Those two at the back would be absolutely solid. I, I see them as a bit of a Vertonghen-Aldevereld duo at the back. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Do you, do you know like what kind of level they were playing at? Um, not... I can't remember if it was like semi-professional or whether it was like academy or something but they did i know yeah i know they did get to some sort of level at some point yeah that's cool um and the other thing i asked you to to bring to the table was someone to to keep this ragtag all together and cohesive but like you've been very pragmatic in your approach so i don't know if you need someone really to to wrangle them as much but I, I, who, have you, who have you got as your manager? Oh, well, see, this is a funny one. And he's going to hate me for this if he hear, he won't listen to this podcast, but I'm going to tell him. So I've got Ash from Sugar Horse. Um, he hates football, but um, <laughs> he he knows all of this lot. And I the reason I put him as my manager is he would have no issue about 
giving them some shit and um, getting them in line and just giving them some sticks. So Ash is going to be my manager from Sugar Horse. Um, probably has no idea about tactics or anything else, but that's absolutely fine. As long as he can shout at them, it doesn't matter. I was going to say, just shout and go, get the fucking ball in the net. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're fine. Yeah, exactly. That's so, cool. Yeah, he's, he's my manager. Cool, right. So before we kind of move on, I'm going to throw you a curveball. This is something I haven't sort of pre-warmed you. <laughs> uh, past or present this can be, any Tottenham player who you think would slip into your into your starting eleven, and who would they replace? Ooh. So oh, I'm trying to think who I'd who I'd take out, and now I'm going to feel really bad. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to go. Do you know what? I'm going to go for Larice. Sorry, John Beavis. Um, I'm going to stick Larice as goalkeeper and just because I think he as club captain and he's just an absolute legend um yeah he or if we're going past Ian Walker um just because I oh I, I was obs- I was obsessed with Ian Walker when I was growing up so um and I always wanted to be a keeper so yeah either Ian Walker or, or Larice uh, replacing Beavis I mean you being six foot giant yeah. you wanting to be a keeper makes sense <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I, I don't know why when i was growing up ian walker was always one of my favorite players and um because we used to have quite crazy obviously that sort of era sort of the 90s um i remember there was like a bright pink and blue goalkeeper jersey that i always wanted but never got so um yeah i used to like walker's style as well that's cool. Right. Perfect. It's brilliant. Thank you very much for your for your starting eleven. That's right, mate. This is the last surely gasp for the Lucky So yeah, also keeping with the sort of I guess punk aspect of football, I think we in terms of like music, like especially in the alternative world, we'd love to dig into the sort of DIY aspects. We love to to praise and hype up the little bands. And I think the equivalent to that in, in the football world is the non-league world. And we have seen over the last couple of years, non-league, well, it's always been, especially in the UK game, it's been a big part of like the FA Cup and things like that. But I think non-league teams are starting to get more of a traditional following. So uh, each week we're going to shine a spotlight on uh, a non-league team. We're going to talk about them on the Friday show. And then on the Monday show, you just kind of catch up and how, see how they did over the weekend. So the very first team that we are going to shine a light on, Adam, who are we looking at? Uh, we're going to look at Haven and Waterlooville, which I know you're very, very uh, happy about. Yeah, it's I have a kind of a an affinity with having a wall over. So when I used to work for the Portsmouth News, um I covered many of their games. I sort of uh, had the opportunity to to meet Sean Gale, uh who was their manager at the time of something we'll talk about in a minute. Um got a chance to meet their sort of longest standing manager and probably the one that brought them most success, which was Lee Bradbury, which was a huge thing for me being a Pompey fan, like growing up, Lee Bradbury was like the striker. So that was like kind of like 
child Tim having a little oh my god kind of moment, <laughs> which is really cool. Um, but yeah, they've always kind of been like the second team in in this city. So, uh, what? Why did you kind of want to shine a light on them? Um, well, there was a couple of reasons. It was it was such a toss up because I, I don't really follow non league that much, but the teams that I have kept an eye on and if there are ever any competitions was Bromley and Haven and Waterlooville purely just because of my time spent in both those areas like I when I moved up to London let's say but just before I moved to London I lived in Bromley for a bit um but Haven and Waterlooville obviously I'm I'm from down that way and I actually went to college in Haven so uh it was an easy pick uh, and yeah. and obviously the the main reason was there when they got drawn against Liverpool in the FA Cup in was it two thousand and eight um, yeah and they ended up losing five two um, but what a game that was to watch uh, the fact that yeah went, yeah they went, they went up one uh, nil and then two uh, one um, the fact that they were beating Liverpool Anfield was just insane and just will always that will always stick in my mind and absolute respect for. For, the, for that club for getting to the fourth round first and foremost but then yeah. beating Liverpool Anfield it's just mental to think about yeah I, I when you kind of told me that was the the team that you were going to pick I actually kind of re-watched the the highlights from that game and like when the first goal went in I think like even Liverpool fans were a little bit like Oh well, like well done, good on you, kind of thing. But then when the when the second goal came on in, there was like stunned silence, and it was like, what the fuck is going on? And obviously, like two thousand eight, obviously you kind of always root for the underdog in the FA Cup, apart from if it's against your team, kind of thing. But I didn't, I don't think I realised like the magnitude of what they were actually achieving at that point in time. Yeah, and. I just I kind of remember like I've read a kind of a few sort of pieces looking back and they were saying that there was a massive kind of like media circus around them at the time and I remember like as you say kind of being from down this area it was really cool to like obviously I am a Portsmouth fan but it was cool to see not all the focus on Portsmouth for a change and like I've always had an affinity with non-league football so it was really cool to see them have their their moment in the limelight yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I said, like for me, not really following non-league and just seeing that. Obviously, FA Cup always brings up those moments, but to see a club that um, from from an area that I spent a lot of time in for a few years, it was just absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, all props to having a Waterlooville. And I've got to be totally honest, I can't remember who their manager is now, but uh, I've... I have kind of not lost interest. That's maybe the wrong <laughs> wrong term, but I have kind of lost touch with with what they're doing at the moment. But I know that they've got a kind of a big season ahead of them. So, as I say, we'll kind of keep tabs on them and and things like that for for this week. I'm just trying to look up who they've actually got on Saturday. But I think oh, we go. Oh, their season doesn't start until later. So maybe they're not playing on Saturday. No. I I could be wrong, but <laughs> I'm sure they'll have a friendly or something. But we'll keep everyone posted with what's going on with them. Um, but on just a quick note, I think uh, it was yesterday or the day before there was some some sad news that kind of came out of the club. Their um their club president, 
uh, I think it's Murray Hibbard, I think is how you pronounce it, um, sadly passed away. He was aged 98, which was is a fucking good showing. So, um, and I think like for the kind of ethos of this podcast, it's a pretty punk thing to be a fucking club president of a non-league team. Like, yeah. So, thoughts and fat thoughts and wishes with with his family, and all the best for for them for the rest of the season. Cool, right. What I'm going to do, Adam, before I let you go, yeah, uh, something that I'm going to spring on you. It's more kind of me just showing you more. So I've got a a witness. But <laughs> I'm I'm going to pick a punks on the pitch podcast team for the season. Oh, amazing! So I've got I've got ten teams. Okay, cool. Who all have kind of either an affiliation with punk or have something that I think personally embody punk. I have a little hat, which I'm going to put their <laughs> names in, and I'm going to pick them out. So the obvious one that is going in the hat straight away is St. Pauli. Yeah. Because obviously they are the most punk team in the fucking world. So they are going in the hat. The, I've picked one big name who... The reason that I've put them in is because I think they're bucking the trend in Syria in terms of they're not playing boring football, they're doing whatever the fuck they want. That is Atalanta. So they're going in the hat. Lovely. Uh, I've picked a kind of a lower league English club. This is based off of an incredible post-match interview for their promotion into the championship. Uh, it's Wickham Wanderers going in purely <laughs> because of Akinfenwe's incredible post-match interview. If you haven't seen it, YouTube it. It's, I think it's the most genuine and liberating player interview I've seen in a long, long time. So he's he's, fan- could... he's fantastic on Soccer AM as well when he does yeah. um, top bin stuff. He's, oh, yeah, absolutely. Fa- he's just hilarious to watch that, man. Yeah. So Wickham Wanderers going in the hat. Uh, we have Dynamo Kiev because uh, Ukraine in general is a punk as fuck nation. I mean, they do have their problems as well, but Dynamo Kiev going in the hat. This one, I did a bit of research because I wanted a bit of a left field team. I don't know how much, too much about them, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, but they're a Brazilian team called Bahai, which is B A H I A. I'd probably completely butchered that. <laughs> um, but I did a bit of research, and they're kind of very like LGBTQ plus supporters. They've got a big like Antifa supporters group, so they're going in the hat. Uh, for a similar reason, and again, a bit of a left field team, uh, Portland Timbers from the MLS, nice. they they have a very kind of big Antifa, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Campaign? Presence, that's the word. Okay, Presence cool. is yeah, the word yeah. I'm looking for. So they're going in. Uh, AEK Athens, again, another big Antifa team in the hat. Uh, Malmo from Sweden, again, big anti-fat team you can see there's a, a running theme going <laughs> in the moment uh this one kind of where we're at in terms politically at the moment i felt like i needed to kind of put this on uh is solidarity with everyone that's doing protests in belarus so this is partisan minsk who are going in the hat and finally this is this is the team that kind of gave me the inspiration for this because of who they were drawn against in the europa league uh they will be heading up against at home as well against AC Milan 
uh, and it's Shamrock Rovers. So Shamrock oh, Rovers are going in the hat. So Adam, I know this is a audio podcast, so you, people can't see me doing this, but I'm shaking the hat. <laughs> he is. So let's do he is, this. He is shaking the hat. I will confirm. Let's let's see who we've got. Who is the punks on the podcast team? Fucking Wickham Wanderers. Yay! Go so on, there we go. On. So we will be keeping tabs on uh, Wickham Wanderers each week. Uh, let's hope they stay in the championship for for at least a season. <laughs> and I I want to see the Beast fucking just destroy defences in the championship. So yeah, amazing. Cool. I'm happy with that. Yeah, it's a good pick. Perfect. Brilliant. Adam, um, before I let you go, do you want to plug anything uh yeah so uh audience please podcast as tim mentioned at the beginning um been quite busy recently i've put out three episodes in recent weeks I've literally just put one out um with sim uh, who used to be bassist in 80s matchbox beeline disaster has now got a new project called primitive ignorant um so that went out actually today the day we're recording this um so that's out um also did a cover of Future Left's Mancasm, which is what the podcast is named after, one of the lyrics. Um, that video's up on YouTube. And we've got it downloadable on Bandcamp and all of the money goes to Black Minds Matter. It's £2 a download. And I've also got a few T-shirts left, uh, which are also up on that same Bandcamp. And £5 from each T-shirt goes to Black, uh, Black Minds Matter. Um There'll be more podcasts coming up soon and hopefully another cover video as well. So um, got a few mates from bands to cover a song, but uh, I'll keep that under my hat for now until <laughs> probably next week on social media, actually. So keep your eyes peeled. Perfect. Brilliant. And I'm sure you'll be on this show many more times in the future because I think you have very good opinions. And if Tottenham do well, I want to talk to you. If Tottenham do shit, I want to talk to you. <laughs> I'll I'll be happy to come back, mate. (laughs) Perfect. Brilliant. Cheers, Adam. Thanks, bud.